0: Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the weekly message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at SalemFields.com slash podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement.
1: Today, uh, we have the antidote to uh, living in a material world, and that is our Bible and the principles of the Bible. And today we have the best communicator of the principles of financial freedom that I've ever listened to in my life. Uh, we have with us Joe Sangle. Joe is the uh, founder of I Was Broke and Now I'm Not, and he is the uh, uh, CEO, owner, whatever, of Enjoy Stewardship Ministries, and God is using him incredibly in our country and around our country. I think he says he speaks 140 different times a year, and he's got people all, He's got people in Jesse, West Virginia today doing the same thing he's doing here, right? Jesse? Anybody know where Jesse, Jesse, West Virginia is? No? I didn't know it existed, but anyway. Uh, they probably don't know Fredericksburg exists, but anyway, uh, Joe, I met Joe about a year or so ago in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was doing a free uh, financial seminar for pastors and leaders in the church. You know, everything he does, a lot it is just free. and uh, the reason he's able to do that is because he's created margin, and he know that he knows that, uh, that God is blessing him and he wants to put into practice. That's what he teaches. And so, Joe, we're glad you're here. Would y'all make him feel more welcome than he awesome. has ever felt in his life? Thank
0: you, Pastor. Who's fired up? Who's fired up to be at church today? Come on, it's the second service on a Sunday. You ought to be fired up. I mean, you've gotten more than one cup of coffee, you got more than one Krispy Kreme donut, or maybe I have. Uh, I got caffeinated coffee, and you have to deal with the consequences. That is awesome. Um, I'm here. I'm fired up and I'm loud. How many can tell that already? I'm loud. I have an excuse for it. It's because I'm the youngest of six boys. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is how it all happened. Um, My parents had four boys and they tried one more time six years after the fourth boy was born to have that daughter they really wanted. And my mother was in labor. Get the picture. It was March 31st, 1030 at night, an hour and a half before April 1st, Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. is an hour and a half beforehand. My mother's in labor. The nurse came in and was listening to the womb with a stethoscope because that's how they rolled back then. And she got a puzzled, perplexed look and raced out and got a doctor. He came back in, and Dr. Henry McCullough did not have a puzzled or perplexed look. He looked at my mother and said, are you ready to have two babies? I just heard two heartbeats. And my mother said exactly what I think any mother would say at that moment. She said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to have one, and it's going to be a girl. April Fool's Day is an hour and a half from now. And the doctor was right. My mother was wrong about half an hour later. My identical twin brother was born. And seven minutes later, I was born. Yes. My mother cried. She did not cheer or celebrate. There's an earthquake later that day, and there's a tornado the next day. And then my mother lived in an earthquake and a tornado for the next 18 years with twins. But uh, I, I, that's one reason I'm loud. I had to be loud just to be heard. I mean, being the youngest of six boys, I got beat up a lot. Um, it was, uh, this isn't a therapy session, so I'll move on. But I'm, I'm also fired up because, you know, I, I've lived in my life and had a lot of things happen uh, and, that are miracles. Like, literally, like I've had miracles happen in my life. And I, I just want is has anybody here ever experienced a miracle in your life? You've ever experienced a miracle? Okay, is anybody here praying for a miracle to happen? Like you need a miracle for real? Like I've experienced some miracles in my life financially. And I've experienced miracles beyond finances. And so that's one reason I'm fired up. is because I've seen God do incredible things in my life. And today I wanted to share uh, about two specific miracles that have happened in my life. And uh, I'll start with sharing a financial one. And, uh, and I guess what it would be really good to do is to start with a definition of what a miracle is. And so I looked on dictionary.com and I pulled up the definition of a miracle. And a miracle is a noun. Isn't that exciting? You're like, oh man, this is grammar class. Oh. But, but it's a noun. And dictionary.com says that a miracle is it's an effect or an event that is in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers, and it is ascribed to a supernatural cause. And and here's what I know. We tend to use this word miracle pretty loosely. For example, maybe every parent can identify with this. Uh, My child cleaned their room today without me asking, and they did it perfectly. It's a miracle. (laughs) Now, I'm still waiting on that one in my household, right? We survived the holidays with our family reunion Or rebellion. We're still sorting out exactly what it was. It's a miracle. Have you been there? Okay, here's another one. I didn't gain any weight over the holidays. Now that's a miracle. I cannot say that. My mama cooks too good. I I go home and I'm like, I am not eating that pumpkin pie. I am not eating that apple pie. I am not eating that pecan pie. I am not eating those chocolate carrots. I'm not going to have that nonsense. I am a runner. I am not doing that. We get there at 11 o'clock at night. Guess what's coming out of the oven? All of it. Guess what happens in the next hour? I eat all of it. And It's a miracle. I hope you can say it. I was able to run three miles without stopping. Now that's a miracle. My boss noticed my work today and complimented me on it and gave me a raise. Now you know that's a miracle. I made it to church on time. That's a miracle. Say it with me. That's a miracle. Say it. That's a miracle. Like, here's what I know. we use this word rather loosely, and we go through life, and we're like, it'll take a miracle to do that. And sometimes it becomes more serious, right? Especially when it comes to our finances that we may be facing obstacles, and we'll say, oh, my goodness, that costs so much money. And then here comes the line. It'll take a miracle. Like, our kids are going to college. We want to pay for it. That'll take a miracle. Or you take your child to the dentist office because as they smiled at you so beautifully, you perceived that they needed braces. And you got a quote for braces and you're like, <clears throat> um, excuse me? I, I, I didn't know I was at the car lot. Um, I, I was here to get braces. Shouldn't that cost like two or $300? I was a clueless father. I found out I could buy a really nice used car. For 10 grand, it's unbelievable. So it'll take a miracle. We experience all these things like our refrigerator and our hot water, break, uh, broke da- hot water heater broke down at the same time. Have you noticed that's how that stuff happens? And your air conditioner goes out on what day? The hottest day of the year, right? And you say it'll take a miracle. The roof is leaking, but only when it rains. <laughs> it'll take a miracle. I lost my job. It'll take a miracle. All I've ever known is broke, Joe. I can't win with money. In fact, I want to take a survey today. Has anyone here ever been broke before? I'm not asking if you're broke right now. Have you ever been broke? Okay, like I wrote a book called I Was Broke. Now I'm not. Like I Was Broke, past tense. And let me define broke. I mean, broke is if you have a $20 bill, you're the equivalent of a multimillionaire. You know what I'm talking about. Get the picture. So I was broke. And if you're saying I was broke, you're smiling at me this morning. But if you're saying, I is broke, you're not smiling. Probably because you failed grammar class. And it's not being fun, broke. It's not fun being broke. Because here's what I know. When you're broke, it's hard to hear the call of God in your life. You see, you'll question God. You know God's calling you to start a business, but then you're like, God, I have $3. I can't do that. You'll say, I need to be a stay-at-home mom. I can't do that. We have to have my income. And you'll challenge God. And so today, I wanted to share with you a miracle God has worked on my behalf financially. And I pray that as I share the testimony of what God has done on my behalf, that he would get all the glory and that you might be inspired and equipped to take your next steps. Like in 2014, I want to help you have the best financial year ever. Does that sound like a deal? I'm convinced that if you take these steps, it'll help you have an amazing year. Now, I started out in life uh, in the uh, little city uh, it wasn't a city in the country near a city called Columbus, Indiana. I was just south of Indianapolis, Indiana. You may know Columbus because a hospital I was born in, uh, this great uh, driver, Tony Stewart, uh, was born in the same hospital, NASCAR driver. That is about the only claim to fame we have. And so I was born there. I grew up on a farm and we were always broke. Always. And we we, uh, we had gardens, a couple acres of gardens. And the reason we had gardens is because that meant we could eat in the winter. And the worst day of our life in the summer as kids was green bean picking day. I don't know if you've ever had that day. There, Because there's only one thing worse than picking an acre of green beans. And that meant we had to snap them. Some of you had to stream. These were the Blue Lake 20, two, I don't know, 210 variety, I don't know what, they produced way too many. That's what I knew as a kid. And we had to snap them. And then we had to can them. And we can 100, 150 quarts a day. But we were willing to do so because that meant we got to eat in the winter. That was awesome. But we were broke. We, we were able to make it by, but we were not in any definition of prospering. And we were struggling with our finances, and we needed a miracle. And so, we embarked on a huge mission to transform our finances. We had a pile of debt. Like, there was so much debt. There wasn't a type of debt I did not know. Like, I went to Purdue University, and uh, I went there to study mechanical engineering, and my first weekend there, I started dating this girl, and my finances headed into the ditch. Have you ever been there? Where a relationship causes your finances to do that? Some of you are like raising your hands like this, right? You're like, the relationship's sitting next to me. You have alligator (laughs) hands, right? But here's the deal. Uh, Like this girl, she would write me letters, but they would be only about money. And then uh, every phone conversation is about money. And then one day I found out she was dating other people. That is a bad day. I'm just telling you, that's a definition of a bad day. And then I found out some of you are even dating her right now. Her name is Sally Mae. Student loan company, you should just laugh. The jokes will not get any better. <laughs> See, Sally Mae, I, I didn't have any money. I was the first to go to college, so I financed all my college with Sally Mae student loans. And I, I graduated tens of thousands of dollars in student loans. And then my first weekend there at Purdue, they said they'd give me free stuff with Purdue's name on it if I just fill out these credit card applications. Well, I had no money, no job, and no clue, so I filled out all of them. And guess what happened a week later? Well, they gave me a credit card, an Advanta credit card. And I was somebody. And the next day, I practiced with it. (laughs) And I graduated with thousands of dollars in credit card debt. I I actually graduated in four years with a degree in engineering, mechanical engineering. And it it was a miracle I graduated. Like some people, I graduate with special honors, like cum laude, magna cum laude, summa cum laude, I graduated with lesser known honors called thank the Laudi. and I got <laughs> out of there, I'm serious, my GPA is two something, don't ask any more questions, I, like barely, like at graduation I was sweating, because they didn't announce names, because they graduate so many people, and they just put your name up on a wall, and I was like, oh, they're in the S's, my last name is Sangle. Like, please let my name show up there And I graduated, it was awesome So I bought what every new college graduate feels like they need and deserve What's that? A new car Now I had no money and no plan And so I went down to the car lot And I made this salesman's quarter I'm pretty confident of it I even financed a sales tax And before I tell you what I buy I want you to know that the Bible says you should not covet or envy So do not covet or envy the car I bought Okay, are you ready? Okay, prepare your heart, guard your heart I bought 105% financing. I bought a smoking hot Chevy Cavalier. Mm, get fired up. Don't covet. Don't envy. It, it, it was black, produced colors, and I put a gold pinstripe on it. Go boilers, right? And, and so I bought this thing. And now you are not fired up about my Cavalier. But you would know why I was fired up when you realize that the car that I gave up for that was a 1981 Datsun B210. If you do not know what that car is, Google it now and look at it. You'll know why I was fired up. The primary color was rust. And I mean, I'm serious. It was like a tin can. The engine would run forever, but the whole body would like rust off of it. And me and my twin, I can neither confirm nor deny that we've stuck 13 teenagers in it at one time. Um, But this car like was disintegrating around us. Like one time we drove across the railroad tracks and the entire dash fell off in our lap. The whole dash. So because we were broke, we jammed it back up there and tied it up with clothesline. You could see through the passenger floorboard to the road. It had rusted off its frame in the back and it swam like a fish down the road. And and then, like the driver's side door, it stopped latching. So we rolled down the window, cranked it shut as much as we could and used the rest of the clothesline to tie it shut. We literally went out of the window like the Dukes of Hazzard and it wasn't nearly as cool as the show let me tell you but and then the final moment came when now get the picture we we went we, my mama I mean she had six boys so she had us in church all the time i went to church sunday morning sunday night tuesday night thursday night and friday night was youth service and my mom suggested we go i'm not kidding every day of my life till i was 18 sunday morning sunday night tuesday night thursday night friday night i'm at church and one night me and my twin We're driving home, this Datsun 1981 B210. You've never been closer to the Lord than when you're driving a clunker. You pray through every day. We're driving home, it's dark. Get the picture, no moonlight, just stars. We lived in the country, we're driving along, roaring at like 35 miles an hour, and we hit a bump and the lights went out and a fireball this big came out of the hood, rolled over the top of the car and the lights came back on. And we looked at each other and went, And we kept driving! (laughs) Have you ever ignored an obvious problem? The second time that happened, we said, I think we should check that out. And what was happening is, the battery holders had rusted off, and when we were hitting bumps, it would bounce up, ground out on the hood, and it was igniting a fuel leak in the fuel line. So being broke, guess how we fixed the fuel line? Gut tape, baby. <laughs> and because gasoline is a solvent, we had to like tape it really fast. So now do you know why I was excited about the Cavalier? Oh, yeah. And so then I, uh, I asked this girl I dated uh, to marry me, and this Chicago South Sider Polish girl, she said yes. And so we had financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon. Get fired up. And then we, 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 got, we were married, and it was awesome, we're living in Indiana, and we had a chance to do a job transfer to South Carolina. And, and we prayed about it, we thought long and hard about it, and we, we determined that if we saw a palm tree, it would be a sign from the Lord that we should move. And we flew down there, and there was a palm tree, and so we moved. I'm not kidding. And so we moved there. And in the Bible in the South, there's an extra special book. It says, the first book of Hesitations, chapter 3, verse 2, says every dude in the South needs a pick-em-up truck. No, he doesn't say that, but I bought one. 100% financing. How many brilliant financial decisions can one person make? And then we needed a house, the American dream, so we found one. And we financed it. And we signed like over 80 documents that basically said, you will be broke forever. Right? Is that right? Doesn't it feel like that? And then we needed furniture, so we financed it, 24 months, same as cash. Have you ever been there? See, what happened is, I was earning income, God was blessing us, but because I had never had anybody in my life to show me what to do with it, I did the only thing I had ever done with money, and that is spend it. And I found myself with some stuff, but broke and stressed out, and begging God for a financial miracle, and believing a lie that more income was a solution. And I embarked on a journey to start winning with my money, and I started seeking out financial help. But every time I heard them teach, it was like hearing Charlie Brown's teacher. Have you been there? Wah 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 wah. What are they saying, right? And then, then it was like answering the world's worst story problem. The, here it is. You ready? Help me with this. If you were in a canoe with four flat tires paddling down the middle of a cornfield, how many pancakes would it take to cover a doghouse? <laughs> there is an answer. The answer, it doesn't matter because a chicken doesn't eat ice cream anyhow. <laughs> Do you get it? No, you don't get it, right? It's like, like the financial teacher would ask a question and I'd be like, huh? And then they'd give the answer and nod knowingly, like they've just dispensed the greatest wisdom ever. And I'd be like, (sighs) beats me. Let's go out to eat on a credit card. (laughs) Have you been there? Can I get a witness? And so I was broke, and I was desperate for help. And I looked everywhere, and then I said the famous words, I guess all we can do now is pray. I discovered this where I should have started. So today, I want to share with you, from God's Word, what transformed my life. You see, I discovered the greatest money book ever written is God's Word, the Bible. It's a bestseller every year. There's a reason why. Did you know that the Bible talks more about money than it does the topics of love, hope, and prayer combined? Did you know that? Did you know of the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that one out of six verses talks about money or possessions? Did you know that the stories that Jesus told, the red letters in your Bible, the parables that he told, that about 50% of them were about money or possessions? I discovered that the reason God spent so much of his time talking about money is he knew we would all have to deal with it, that we would all face enormous challenges with it, and he wanted to equip us at whatever level we are to be able to prosper. To be able to do exactly what he's put on us on earth to do that everything we're called to do either directly or indirectly costs money And I started reading it and it changed my life And so today I want to teach from matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30 a parable that jesus shared That is it's an incredible parable It's about money and possessions and i'm going to start with verses 14 and 15. It says this It says again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. So it says, to one he gave five bags of gold, get get the picture, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag. Now read these next five words out loud with me. Each according to his... Woo, that fires me up. Right now it fires me up. Do you see it? Ha! It says that if you want more to manage, Jesus' words, red letters, I really take note of that. The, the, like God in flesh said that your ability will dictate how much you get to manage. So step one today, if you want to have a miracle happen in your behalf financially, number one, if you're taking notes, you'd fill it in. Increase ability. Increase ability. Ability. You can do this. It says it says in Matthew 25:15, it says, To one he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Do you see it? It's incredible. And I was like, I I need I need help. God, I need help. Please help me. And I found there's two primary ways that I was able to increase my ability. And part A is seek God's wisdom. Seek God's wisdom. How do you seek God's wisdom? Through prayer and through his word. Through prayer, through his word. God, what do you want me to do? God, what's my next step? God, let me read your word. How, how does it apply to me? And and I found that that happened for me. And I started reading all these scriptures. And I found this incredible book in the Bible called Proverbs. Proverbs will change your life. It, it is a book of wisdom from the wisest man ever, Solomon, who wrote the primary book uh, of that. And he shares so much wisdom. And I, I just want to share a few verses that impacted me. Proverbs 21.5. Literally transform my finances. It says the plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. And I saw clearly in that story, in that just one verse, it says you could either have profit. What is profit? Money left over after all obligations have been met. That's profit. In your personal life, that would be savings and investments. Profit. Or you could have poverty. Which do you have in your life? And the, the writer not only shared that you could have profit or poverty, he shared that there's two things necessary to yield profit. Do you see it? It says, the plans of the diligent. So here, a plan, a plan, it, it sounds like a budget. And all the savers says, yes, Jesus. And all the, all the spenders are here, oh, like you're really not liking me right now. Like, you're like, huh? you're like, and I'm with you. I'm a spender. I would go out at lunch and accidentally spend too much at Olive Garden and accidentally buy a truck. That's how I (laughs) roll. I do not recommend it. I'm a spender. And and I read it, and I'm like, oh, no. God, you can't be having me do a budget. I mean, my name is Joe, and a budget makes me use the word no. And that interrupts my flow, so it has got to go. (laughs) All the spenders are, like, loving it. The saver's like, I don't like that. But then it says you need to have a budget. But if we're all honest, we probably all put together a budget that didn't work. And so it says you have to be diligent. The plans of the diligent. So diligence is a fruit of the Spirit. When you commit your life to Jesus Christ, His Spirit comes within you. A fruit of the Spirit is called self-control, self-discipline. So if you know Jesus surrender your life to Him, then the next step is just to have a budget, activate your faith, and you'll see unbelievable diligence come to life. And you'll be able to see... This wisdom, God's wisdom, come to life. Another verse that I ran across is Proverbs 22, 4. It says, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. In other words, as God takes you up, as God elevates you, as he increases your ability and blesses you, it's important to remain humble because it is the Lord that gives you the ability to produce wealth. And and even if he takes it away... He's still sufficient for life. Another verse is Proverbs 22, 7. It's a cautionary tale about debt. It says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 13, 22 says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, for their grandchildren. And the question I ask myself is, I'm on track to leave an inheritance for my grandchildren. And at that moment when I read it, I was like, well, I'm gonna leave them a pile of debt you're welcome. And I didn't like that answer. I despised it and I resolved to change it. It says, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So I sought God's wisdom through prayer and through reading of his word. I encourage you to read. There's 31 chapters of Proverbs. Read one chapter a day. Do it for the entire year. I don't have time for that. Well, let me, let me just propose something. If you're living life broke right now, and you've been living the way you've been living and it results in broke. Let's ask Dr. Phil's question. How's that working for you? Why not resolve to do something different and get God's word in you? It, to incorporate it into you. The, my, my God's word, I've hidden my heart so that I might not sin against him. It's biblical. Get it in you. And then I, I said, okay, that's awesome. God, you're showing me this. And then I sought godly wisdom. That's part B of increasing your ability. Seek godly wisdom. You cannot do life alone. You need to seek godly wisdom. See, here's what I know. You go farther with a coach. Proverbs 15, talks about seeking godly wisdom. It says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So do you have a coach in your life? Let, let's, let's press in a little. Do you have someone in your life who loves Jesus, loves you, isn't trying to sell you anything, and is mentoring you through their experiences so that you can learn from them. It's called discipleship. Do you have a financial coach? See, what I know is you go farther in life with a coach. See, Peyton Manning, who will win today and will win the Super Bowl. Yes, I, I need to reread Pastor the book that says how to win friends and influence people, apparently, okay, he has a coach. Peyton Manning, incredible football player, has a coach. Tom Brady has a coach. Is that right? Uh, if you look at great golfers, they have coaches. Michael Jordan, great coach. You look at anybody who succeeds in athletic events, they always point to their coach. And it's the same as true in your finances. Listen, if you get a coach for you in your finances, they'll help you avoid mistakes. They'll hold you accountable. You'll go farther with a coach. The same thing is true with your marriage. If you want your marriage to go farther, get a coach. You want to become a better parent? Get a coach. You want to be able to be better as a leader? Get a coach. You go farther with a coach. The Bible says it. It is true. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. And I ran across another verse on godly wisdom. It says, Proverbs 4, 7, it says that the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost some of what you have. Is that what it says? Though it cost... None of what you have. Is that what it says? Though it cost, talk to me, all you have gain understanding. Let me ask you a question. How much money have you spent to gain wisdom for your life? Are you willing to spend it all? Because the Bible says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, though it cost all you have, gain understanding. Solomon was he was presented by the Lord with an amazing opportunity. He said, ask me for whatever you want and I will give it to you. And he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for anything other than Lord, give me wisdom. And God said, because I've give, you asked for wisdom, I will give you everything else because knowledge is the gate. You need wisdom. And I was broke, and I was seeking out wisdom, and I read God's Word, and I... I, Listen, this statement is so true, and you can fill it in the blanks, and it's this. Your level of expectation determines your level of preparation. Your level of expectation determines your level of preparation. Let's think about it for a minute. If If you tell your child, hey, um... We are going to go to this little favorite place that you like to go. But first, you need to get your room ready and you need to get all your gear together so that when I show up from work, we can go. And if you show up and they haven't done any of that, you know what that means? They had no level of expectation because they chose not to prepare But if they had a high level of expectation, they would show up at the door. Listen, when my son, my little four-year-old son, when he wants to play games with me, you know what he does? He has high expectations. He piles up the games on me or around me. He sets it up. Daddy, please play. Why? He has a level of expectation, so he's willing to prepare. Let me ask you, what are your expectations financially? Do you want to just scrape by? Do you just want to make it? I just want to pay my bills. Jeremiah 29, 11, for the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to help you scrape by. Is that what it says? Plans to prosper you, right? And so here's the deal. If you have expectations that the holy God could move on your behalf, then you would start preparing for it. See, here's what I know. I believe God could do something on my behalf. I had $4.13 in my bank account. That was literally my average bank account balance. In December 2nd of 2002. But I said, I believe the Lord is getting ready to do something on my behalf. And I started preparing for it. I started reading his word. And I started getting the scripture in me. Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 22.7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower servant serve the lender. Romans 13.8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love another. Proverbs 13 a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and children. Proverbs 13, 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Why did I bury it in my heart? Because I was preparing, because I had high expectations that the Lord might do something incredible on my behalf. So I started reading every book I could get my hands on. I read Dave Ramsey's book. I read David Chilton's book. I read David Bach's book. I felt like your name needed to be David to write a book about money. (laughs) and then I continue. I read Larry Burkett's book. I read Susie Orman's book. Robert Kiyosaki's book. Howard Dayton's book. Larry Burkett's book. I read everything I could get my hands on. I read 65 websites a day about personal finances and blogs. Why do I do that? Because my level of expectation demands that I prepare. But if you don't have any expectations that a God who owns a cat on a thousand hills, whose economy, by the way, is not in recession, if you don't have any expectations... You'll say things like, well, I just need to make more money. I expect to win with money. Where's your budget? I don't have one. You know what that communicates? You have no level of expectation. But if you expect a holy God to move greatly on your behalf, you'll prepare. See, if you care, you will prepare. See, when you know That a holy God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And all he has to do is sell a couple for you. You'll prepare. You see I had a dream God put in my heart. He birthed into my heart when I was broke. When I had four bucks to start a university. It's going to cost about 80 million bucks to get it done. And you look at me. Joe you're a hick from the sticks. On a farm in Indiana. How in the world could that happen to you? Well somebody started a university. Why can't God do it for me? And I, I dared to believe that God. Would move on my behalf. And so I started preparing for it. And I started investing in it. And I started spending money on it. And I started seeking wisdom. And you know what happened in August? We launched our first online class. And now it's being seated for accreditation. For continuing ed credits. The next step is for it to be accredited as an associate's degree. And we are on our way. Do you know why? Because our level of expectation has determined that we must prepare. What is your level of expectation for 2014? Are you, are you expecting God to work a miracle? Are you willing to do what it takes? You see, because you can gain wisdom, you can, you can increase your ability, but step number two, if you want to have the best year of your life, if you want to say it's a miracle, then you need to do part two, and that is take action. Take action. You can do this. Take action. See, faith made me do this. I believe that God could move on my behalf. Matthew 25, verse 16, Jesus continues the story. It says, the man who received five bags of gold went at once. He didn't take a nap. He didn't go to sleep. He went at once and he put his money to work and gained five bags more. So, by the way, side note, I wish Jesus would share how he doubled his money. Who's with me? That'd be awesome. But it says, so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who'd received one bag went off dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. James 2.26 says this, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. You cannot say you have faith if you will not take action. The Bible says it very clearly. Your faith will cause you to take action. Why? Because you believe. See, I I believed that God could work on my behalf, and I had to take action, so I, I put together a budget. The spender in me didn't want to. God's word made me. Faith made me. So we took action. We started using a word called no. And That's hard to say to yourself. It's really hard to tell your kids. But let me give you evidence. You see, many of us, we have kids, and they need Madden 2014. They need Madden 2014 video game. And we'll get it for them. And it will be the 85th video game they own on the third console that you bought for them. They have Madden 2000, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, but they have to have 14, have to, but we'll have no money in the college fund. See, we'll say college is important, but we fund the urgent instead of what is important. Let me help you with a concept, no means yes. You can try this on your kids. You see, when you say, no, I'm not buying another video game, you will enable me later to say, yes, I'll pay for your college. And when I say no, we're not going out to eat every single day for lunch. I'm going to pack my lunch and have peanut butter and jelly. And sometimes I'm going to mix it up with jelly and peanut butter. And other days I'm going to have like jam and peanut butter. And other days I'm going to have peanuts and butter and, and jelly. And, you know, we're just going to have an amazing variety of meals. But you know what? I'm going to say no for now so I can say yes to stuff way more important later. That'll preach all day long and twice on Sunday. Listen, you have to take action. In 14 months after December 2nd, 2002, we attacked our debt. And we started saying no, and we started using a word that we don't like in America. I don't like it. None of us like it. We'll never get used to it, but it is effective. It's called sacrifice. And we became debt-free except for our house in 14 months. In September 2006, we were able to fire ourselves from corporate America and go to work for a church we helped start and go on staff with a 50% pay cut, and we never had to look back. We've been able to see God work a miracle in our church that my wife and I and 13 others founded. And we've seen that today, right now, 35,000 people are worshiping Jesus Christ in a church that we started January 16th, 2000. 35,000. Where more than 25,000 people have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. We've baptized more than 3,000 people at a single time. And I've seen a miracle take place in the book of Acts come to life before my very eyes. I believe God can do it at Salem Fields. Does anybody believe it here? Two people do. Where's your faith? Where's your action? Do you believe it could happen at Salem Fields? Do you believe that in the time of this message, that over a thousand people drove past these doors that are without hope, that are in need of a Savior, whose marriage has fallen apart, who are addicted, strung out, who need the hope, to a lost and dying world, Jesus Christ, who can and will redeem them and will restore them and will be able to see life change take place and that God could lift them up and transform a city. Do you believe it could happen here, Salem Fields? Somebody get fired up this morning. Hey, listen, are you willing to invest in it? You see what happened when 15 people chose to invest in it, life change happened. And We said we'll do everything short of sin. We're not just going to invite them. We're going to bribe them here. We're going to bring them. we will tell them, hey, we're going to buy you lunch after church. Okay, that's awesome. You can buy anything you want off the dollar menu as long as it's less <laughs> than three items at McDonald's. <laughs> you know what? And you'll see an amazing move of God take place. But it starts, listen, when you're broke and you focus on yourself, it, it, you necessarily focus on yourself. You have to focus on your bills. You park your car in a different spot in the parking lot because the repo man cometh. I'm serious. Life is over that way. Free yourself. Increase ability. Take action with it. Listen, I am a living witness. God's worked miracles on my behalf. We're the owner of four businesses now. God's taken us from the poor house to being multimillionaires in less than 10 years. Well, i take pay cuts, It's nothing of what I've done. Just applying his principles and seeing it come to life. And it's not about the money because, listen, maybe the dream God's put in your life is a $100,000 dream. Maybe it's a 10000 But here's what I know. God can and He will fund it as He sees you take steps towards Him. As He sees you increase your ability, you'll see life change take place. In January this year, we paid off our house a year ago at age 38. And our bill every month, our taxes and insurance is $110 a month. That's how much it costs to live in our house. Now, we have no taxes in South Carolina, hardly at all. We don't have road signs either, but we have no taxes. It is awesome. And, and how much money do you need to live when you have no debt? And what could you do for the people of God? What could the people of God do for the kingdom of God if they got their finances in order? But I travel around the U.S. and around Canada, and I see really no difference between people who say they've surrendered their lives to Jesus and those who have not In the area of money, that's a particularly convicting fact. And it's time that the people who have surrendered their lives to Jesus would honor God with the first fruits. And that's part three. If you truly wanna have a transformational year, if you wanna see a miracle, you need to recognize ownership. That's part three. Recognize ownership. In this series, you've heard about that God is the owner, that God owns it all. You have to recognize that He's the owner. And Matthew 25, verse 19, it says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who would received the five bags of gold brought, he brought the other five. Do you see it? He brought. Here, here's the deal. When you bring back the first fruits, when you bring back the tithe, the first fruits, that God says bring the tithes in the storehouse. Malachi 3.10, test me in this, see if I'll not throw it. when, he, when It's a bringing back. It's a recognizing that, God, you're the, you're the Lord of all. You did not have to bless me. You didn't have to bless me, but you chose to. And I am so grateful. And I'm going to bring it back because, listen, it is in the house of the Lord where I have been grown up, where I have been raised up, to where I have been blessed beyond measure. And it is a great honor to bring back the first 10%. And to be able to do so, to see other people meet Jesus, to see life change take place. These guys brought it back. And he said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful to a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Do you see it? He increases ability more. He gets more. And it, and it says, come and share your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. Verse 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. It's Jesus talking. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man who'd received the one bag of gold came. You would cue up the negative, sinister movie music at this point. Uh, master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now, now here's, here's the principle. When you don't do anything with what God has given you, you'll do what this guy did. You'll offer excuses. Do you see it? I was afraid. And let's be honest. There's fear related to money. There is fear. But it's become clear to me that those who invest win. Those who do not whine. You can tweet that. That's the truth. And so watch what happens. He says, his master replied, you wicked... Lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I received, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus' words, a harsh warning. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Listen, God wants you free. He can and He will fund your dream. I believe it. Do you, yeah, here's the deal. You may not believe what I'm saying, but I, I'm pretty convinced you probably believe I believe what I'm saying. There's a reason why I'm fired up. God's worked a miracle on my behalf. And I told you I wanted to share with you two of them. One of them was financial. But the second one is not financial. How how many here know that when you're faithful to the Lord, that he will bless you with things that money cannot buy? How many know that? Hey, listen, I'm a witness. You see, when when my wife was 16... She had ovarian tumors and praise God, they were benign, but they did not know if she would ever be able to have children. And a a couple years in our marriage, we were astounded to find out we had a a baby girl on the way and God blessed us with a beautiful baby girl. And her name is Malia and she is 14 now and she has feelings. Pray for me. (laughs) I'm the youngest of six boys. My mom didn't count as a girl. I'm trying to figure this out. She has feelings for a boy. Ah! Anyhow, I'm praying daily without ceasing. But but about a year after she was born, my wife had ovarian tumors again. And it maxed out our insurance deductible, which was $3,000. How many of you know that as you take steps towards the Lord to get your finances in order, that you're going to be attacked by the enemy? Hey, it's the truth. You could sit here today and say, I'm going to take the 90-day tithe challenge. Like there's a card, if you didn't get to take the challenge from last week... Right here, you could take the 90-day challenge. I, I challenge you to do that. It says, test me in this. See if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven. It says, test me. But how many of you know, if you take that, if you say, I'm going to get all of my finances in alignment with the Lord's work, that the enemy is going to attack you. Like, you're going to go out these doors, and all four of your car tires will be flat. That's the truth. And, but here, here's why. The enemy knows if he can keep you broke, he can keep you ineffective. And so, we, 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 we were trying to get out of debt But somehow or another, we were able, by a miracle of God, to be able to pay for that deductible. And praise the Lord, they were benign again. But 10 months later, she goes to the doctor, and the tumors have recurred. And even though it was only 10 months later, it was a new insurance deductible year. Isn't that how that works? We got to pay the deductible again. Praise the Lord, they were benign. But for the next 10 years, we begged God for another child. And there was no child. And our daughter was begging for a sibling. And our heart was broken, and the doctor said, There's, you can't have more children, so move on. And we kept praying for another child, and move on. Then they finally said, we said, what about in vitro? And they said, well, you can try it. It's not going to work. Maybe a 5% chance. And we said, well, how much will it cost? And they said, $18,500. So we saved for four years. And on January, the first week of January 2009, we spent the money and God said no. Have you ever been there? Where you feel like God led you to do something, you saved up money for something big and it didn't work? It was a challenge. It was emotional. And so June 1st, 2009, we felt God calling this ministry to become a full-time deal. So I had to, I had to become our own organization. I had to go get my own health insurance, which was not cheap. And so I, I said, How can I save money? So I canceled the maternity component of our insurance. <laughs> Guess what? I found out 16 days later. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. And we had a beautiful baby boy on the way. And on February 6, 2010, as my Indianapolis Colts lost to the New Orleans Saints for the Super Bowl, which was okay because Drew Brees from Purdue was winning. My wife gave birth to a beautiful baby boy Listen, let me tell you something Here's the principle I believe God was saying, will you put your money where your mouth is? I'll see if you're still okay with me telling you no And then I'm going to show you how big and bad and how powerful I am There's a the baby Hey, but it didn't stop there See, the Bible says, test me in this See if I'll not throw open the floodgates with so much blessing pour out So much of a blessing that you cannot contain it And so we can barely contain our son He's almost four I mean, he's broke everything in my house. Everything. The dishes, everything. He, to- he threw his toy fire truck through my flat panel TV. Yes, he did. Ben said he didn't do it with the fire truck in his hand. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Uh, it's right there. He took a handful of coins, threw it in the garbage disposal while my wife was upstairs, turned it on, and it blew the bottom out of it and flooded the kitchen. On the way home for Christmas this year, he ate coins. He ate them. Why do they do that? It's awesome. He's a boy. But listen, God sends overflow. We can barely contain our son. Barely. Barely. So, guess what we found out January last year? And guess what got delivered September 25th, four months ago? A beautiful baby girl. She's the overflow. Here, listen, I get the whole baby Megan. And I look down at her. I literally say, even if she's screaming all night long, I am so grateful. That God has not only blessed us with that which we could not pay for, but he has sent the overflow. I and children are a blessing from the Lord. And it is the reason why I can say with calm assurance that if my God could work a miracle for me, he can and he will do it for you. You got to increase your ability. You got to seek that wisdom, take action with it, putting God first in everything you do and you'll see unbelievable things happen. Listen, you can take action today at four o'clock. I'm gonna be teaching the financial learning experience. It's a two hour practical equipping event. You have a card there, you can come, it's free childcare. There's over a hundred free financial tools we're gonna give you access to. There's an app for that, for your iPad, iPod, your iPhone and your Android device. And listen, you can bring your friends, your family, your coworkers, and we're gonna show you how to have a budget that works, how to invest, how to make this stuff work for you. I'll be sharing the tools that I use to win with my money, God's way. I really hope you'll join us. You can DVR it. I won't share the score during the middle of it. And listen, come bring your friend. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Listen, maybe, just maybe, you will apply this. And at the end of 2014, December 31st, as you see the ball drop, you can look at your family and say, God has blessed us way beyond what we ever imagined in 2014. It's a miracle. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for this incredible church. God, I thank you for every person in life that's represented here. And God, I know this, that sometimes when we're faced with great financial challenges, we almost dare not to believe. But I pray today that you would give us all the faith to know that as we take the steps that we can take, you will take the steps that only you can take. And God, that you will put the super on the natural and we will see supernatural things happen and be able to say, indeed, it's a miracle that God has moved greatly upon my behalf. God, I pray right now for the marriages that are being destroyed over this thing called money, that we would recognize that. Our paper money is made out of 75% linen fibers and 25% cotton and some red and blue synthetic fibers for a patriotic effect and that we're letting that paper drive us apart. Jesus, I pray that those marriages would be restored beginning today, that they would focus upon you and about your word and about the future and what you could do. God, I pray for those who need jobs, that you would bless them with jobs that only you could provide. God, for those who have a dream of a business, that you would give life to it this year. God, that they might be able to bless multitudes with it. Jesus, I pray for the individuals here that are are praying about what's next for them. God, that you would give them guidance in their vestments, that you would create miracles. And Jesus, here's, here's what I know. You are the ultimate example of generosity. You died. You gave your life for us so that we could experience freedom and get that free gift of salvation to have that debt of sin removed. And I pray today that if there's anyone within the sound of my voice that they, would, that they would surrender their life to you as it's the greatest decision ever and can start a debt freedom journey off right. Jesus, we love you, and it's your name that we pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless amen. you all. Thank, thank, you. thank you. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, you will want to get a free Next Step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.